Welcome to Social Sips and Business Tips, where we're brewing a fresh pot of greatness. Sipping on mentality, life, leadership, and business success. Let's pour us a cup and jump right in. I think Michelle said, get started. So um, Buck and all of St. Louis, you guys, and, and we've got some guests on the call as well. Canada's joining us. Oh, hey guys, what's up, Veracity? Um, we uh, are gonna welcome you to y'all's first visit to Social Sips and Business Tips. Whoa. Anybody, anybody got it? Anybody, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, we got one. All right, all right. Hey. Um, anyway, so we're really excited to have you on the call, Buck. Um, obviously, I got to spend some time with you prior to you taking off and, and building, you know, the campaign in that area of the country. So I'm really excited to let these guys get to know you too. So we've been meeting with a lot of the managers nationwide, some people outside of our industry and whatnot, and really just finding out their life stories so we get to know you. Um, so I'll give you 15 minutes. And then I'll cut you. I'm just kidding. Um, I'll give you as much time as you'd, you'd like to, to tell your story, um, where you came from, how you got to where you are, where you're planning on going. And then uh, we'll leave hopefully 10 or 15 minutes at the end. The guys will post questions in the chat. I'll manage that so you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, and then uh, we'll just have some fun. So I'll turn it over to you. The floor is yours. Cool. Okay. So uh, I was born and raised in O'Fallon, Missouri, not Illinois. Uh, I actually didn't know there was an O'Fallon, Illinois until I started getting towards St. Louis and uh, found out that I actually worked closer to the O'Fallon that I didn't grow up in. So it was just weird to me. Um, so yeah, born and raised in O'Fallon, Illinois. Um, not like a particular. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> See, I constantly say the wrong stuff now. Uh, your dad was born there. Shout out. Your dad knows exactly how boring this town is. There is nothing. Uh, but anyway, so born and raised out there. Uh, my first job was at a thrift store. Um, I just got minimum wage to just be a big dude that broke stuff, which was a lot of fun. Um, they didn't have enough room in their dumpster and they didn't like to pay their dumpster bills. So my job was to literally go and break anything and everything that was in the dumpster. So then it like took up less volume. Uh, after that worked at a gas station. Um, that's just where I learned how to have, like, how I could have more fun at a workplace. Uh, after that, I worked at Aldi. Uh, when I worked at Aldi is whenever I really got um, you know, like efficiency tattooed into my brain. Because if any of you guys ever grocery shopped at an Aldi grocery store, you know that they just absolutely zip through your groceries when you're when they're ringing them up. Uh, if it's somebody less talented than I, they might even break some stuff. Never broke anything. Shout out. Um, but yeah, they also like they're an everyman. They do everything. There isn't like a stalker and there isn't like a, you know, backroom coordinator and there isn't like a cashier at Aldi. Every employee does everything. So I got used to uh, just like, oh, okay, cool. So I got a job. I got to sweat and I got to hustle. Uh, and that's where I learned that from. Um, I, now at Aldi, I wanted to grow into like a upper management, like corporate level role. Because in my mind, uh, the way the world worked was you go to college for four years you get a degree and then you walk into an office job where you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and they just use your brain instead of your body and i was like it's that simple that's all you got to do so i went to college getting my degree and i found out that was not the case and i was like Whoa, okay cool so corporate aldi bit of a long shot let me go for something else uh so then i started looking at dearbergs uh dearbergs is a smaller grocery store chain here in the midwest 
Um, but yeah, a little bit smaller corporate headquarters is over here in Chesterfield, which is like 20, 30 minutes from our office. So I was thinking, okay, cool. I'll go here and I'll get a corporate office job here. Uh, they actually wanted me to have some in-store experience first. So we pretty much came to the agreement that uh, I was in my junior year of college. So I would work in one of their stores for a year as the department manager for the frozen and dairy department. Um, and then after that year is up, I would have some in-store experience and I would have the degree that I was going for. Um, and then they could bump me up to corporate. So for me, I was like, cool, fun deal, all about it. Um, and then that year came around and I was like, all right, got my degree, let's get it going. And they were like, yeah, no, we don't really have any spots for you in corporate. Uh, we like all the projects we have going on are pretty much handled by more senior uh, employees. So we're just gonna have to let you sit in store for another year. And then after a year, we'll take a look at it. And as a, I don't know, 21, 22, I don't know. Uh, as a you know, 21, 22 year old fresh out of, like literally just got my diploma, a year was an eternity to me. And I was like, you want me to do this for another year? You want me to just stand around in a freezer and stock yogurt for a living for another year? I have a degree, sir. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, no, I am way more valuable than that. Not a chance. Um, so I started interviewing around. Um, I originally interviewed, uh, so Joe Gills, the uh, owner of the St. Louis Quill office, was originally assistant manager in Danny Giannone's St. Louis Quill office. Um, I uh, did an interview with him, and uh, he really explained everything to me, broke it down to me. Um, I was terrified of commission, but I wanted commission at the same time. Like, I had mentally told myself that I wanted to get a job where I could, like, bet on myself, where, like, my own um, my own efforts was kind of like defining of my value. And I kind of decided that before I started job hunting. So, so whenever Joe Gills was just telling me all the right things, just saying all the right stuff, um, I was like, heck yeah, this is what I want. This is what I need right here. Um, so yeah, I, I accepted the position and then I flipped it, turned around and put in my two week notice at Deerberg's. Um, and I'll never forget whenever I told my mom that I officially put in my two-week notice at Deerberg's and I accepted the position here uh, in Danny's uh, Gateway Sales Office. Um, she told me that I should at least stay on part-time, even if it was just on the weekends, so that when this doesn't work out, I had a backup plan. And when my mom told me when this doesn't work out, it lit a fire into my ass. And I was like, okay, cool. So not only am I going to make this work, but I'm going to make sure I make more money than both of you. <laughs> and so I just dove in head first after that. Um, so yeah, started on Quill St. Louis originally, um, did that for a couple of months. Uh, I had like a crazy, like first two months in the business. I mean, I went on, um, I think like three different trips, two of them were like road trips. Um, so to me, I thought that was just like what the business was. Uh, and then I got uh, like number one on the campaign a handful of times. So I was just like, dude, this is easy. I'm about to make this whole, this whole industry just mine. Um, and then uh, Joe was promoting out and Danny approached me. He's like, Hey, I'm actually switching campaigns. We're going to stay in St. Louis, but I'm going to do this UMA thing. And I was like, what in the world did you just say to me? What the hell is UMA? Um, so he, he told me a little bit about it. And I was, I was really skeptical at first because in my mind, I was like, no, nah, businesses, business supplies totally makes sense. I was like, I want to do phones. Um, but then like, I basically made him give me the pitch a handful of times. And then I was like, okay, okay. But if we're set up like we are in this office, give me a presentation, like all the way through the paperwork. Like, I want to see what it looks like. Um, so yeah, he did that for me. And then, uh, and then he also told me about like the pay structure and I was like, okay, you know what? I like it. I, I want to be a part of this. Um, so yeah, I, Danny and I, uh, basically built the, uh, UMA St. Louis market, um, with the help of a couple of handful of other people. Um, 
yeah, so we built it up. Um, I think I got to, I got promoted in like my first week to like leader. And then uh, we actually have like a halfway point position that not all the offices have. Um, we called it senior lead and we rebranded and called it junior partner. Basically, it's like the halfway point between leader and assistant manager. Um, so I got to that point of the Friday before Thanksgiving after we had switched over in August. Um, and then I got promoted to assistant manager or in our office, we call it partner. Um, the January following that August, then uh, I was planning on opening up uh, my office in April. And then right around like March-ish, uh, COVID was like, yeah, check this out. Nope. <laughs> uh so then uh yeah me and a select group of people we went through this like incubation of just like conference calls and just like notes and just learning which is honestly probably the most helpful thing um in the world uh, everybody that went through that process with us is still a part of the team right now we haven't lost a single person that went through that with us and i don't think that's a coincidence um and then yeah so we got finally got to get back to the field and then we just came out swinging uh, we came out with just like promoting at least two leaders a week for the first like couple of months. Um, we grew like crazy, multiplied like rabbits. Um, and we got to this humongous office of like 30 or 40 people. And then, uh, yeah, obviously I ended up hitting all the production I needed to. Um, and then I opened up my, my office here in the same spot um, in, on August 17th. Yep. And Danny opened up the Louisville office. That's pretty much catch up to present day. Thanks, Buck. I appreciate it. I have one quick question before we get into real questions. Do you oh, remember? Yeah. Do you remember when? Uh, nope, forgot. I... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think the question he's going to ask is if I remember, like, whenever we very first opened up this office and we had no idea how to sell Uma or really how to even price out a customer on Uma, uh, there was a very helpful um, assistant manager in the Atlanta office that came up to uh, St. Louis. Um, and he, uh, <laughs> and he basically taught us, he, he helped us lay the foundation, not just teach us, but laid our foundation with what is Uma and how we sell it. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I remember that guy. He's all right, I guess. <laughs> That's not where I was going. I appreciate the compliment. I was going to ask you if you remember oh. me, you drove me out to an area I had never been to in my entire life. I've never been to St. Louis until I came up with you guys, right? Uh -huh. Buck drops me off. He's like, all right, you're training here today. I'm going to drive to the other side of this territory and you guys can walk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I dropped you off in an area that was rich with business. It was dense. <laughs> uh, I, re I remember high rolling. You sure did? Yes, sir. You sure did? I, hey, I said, <laughs> hey, teach us something and you did. I don't, I don't see an issue with it. I, said, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You did. Absolutely. Um, but seriously, I mean, Buck, I've seen you come a long ways. What do you feel like was the switch for you? I think we all, you know, everybody that moves into an assistant management and management or partner, like you guys call it, um, there's a switch and it's like a commitment switch. What do you think that was for you? Like what oh, triggered yeah. it? Yeah, the commitment switch for me was 100 percent. Um, as soon as I started to get a little bit of growth in terms of like team base. 
Um, I was actually a horrible leader and I did not want to do the whole interviewing thing. I didn't want to have to like miss out on atmosphere or stay after depending if you're doing like morning or evening interviews. I didn't want to do that. Um, I didn't want to have to like drag somebody around the field with me. And I was like, gosh, I got to drink this guy with me. Like, goodness, he's going to slow me down. I got to teach all day instead of focusing. Like, ah, this sucks. I was a horrible leader. Um, but then as soon as I started getting some people on my team and um, I started paying attention to like what I was supposed to be paying attention to and teaching properly then they started like learning and doing well and I'm like oh look at the little baby bird flying out of the nest uh, and then um, and I was like oh oh okay gotcha so like this person's almost promoted if they're promoted then I'm one out of four first gens away from you know hitting standards for partner which means like Basically, I'm like almost running my own office. And I was like, oh, okay, this is like a legitimate opportunity. This is something that I can do. In my mind, I was just like, that's ah, a sales job. You clock in, you make sales, whatever. Um, but then, yeah, no, I, that, as soon as I started getting people growing under my wing is when I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, I can make this happen. Let's go ahead and shift gears and do that. Speaking of uh, little baby birds, how's your little one doing? Doing great. She, uh, so my wife actually posted a video on Facebook recently of, uh, of the little one trying on uh, her, her Halloween costume for the first time. And she, so she's four months old right now. Um, so she's right at that age where it was just like nothing but giggle fits. And she was just losing her mind, laughing at herself, looking in the mirror at her little costume. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a little bean in our little rabbit costume, super teeny tiny. Uh, and then like this video of her just like losing her mind laughing at herself. Is that so funny? Yeah. Hilarious. I, I, I saw that on Facebook yeah, this weekend like, and it made me smile so large. Uh, <laughs> how have your, like obviously everybody has goals and a reason for doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Since she since she entered this world, has that changed for you? Oh man! So when I first started the business, like I said earlier, uh, I mainly was fueled out of spite, really just to prove my parents wrong because they were just like, nah, "That's not gonna work." And I was like, "Now I have to make it work." Like now I don't have a choice. Um, so I was mainly just swinging out of spite originally, and then uh, right around that same time when I got promoted to a junior partner, or some people call it senior lead. Uh, right when I got promoted to that position was also right around the same time that uh, we found out that my wife was pregnant. Um, so then, yeah, there was a lot less spite and there was a lot more like, okay, my back's against the wall. I got to make shit shake. Like, I got to make it happen. Um, and then as we got closer to the due date, then yeah, there was, it was much less about like, oh, back's against the wall. I got to find a solution. It was more about um, I wanted to do like the right things. I wanted to like, you know, basically make my daughter proud once she's old enough to feel that emotion. Uh, so I needed to make stuff happen now so that I'd be in that position, you know, uh, once she was old enough to really uh, feel that way, you know. Uh, and then uh, actually Cordella, uh, the you know, owner of Uma Cleveland, he gave me a really awesome piece of advice. Uh, he basically just said, just be the man that you would want her to marry. So like whatever guy that you want your daughter to end up with for the rest of her life, be that guy. You're always going to be doing the right things. You're always going to be making the right decisions if that's your mindset. Um, so that's just what I did. I just made sure that I was that guy. So, uh, you know, those like rough days in the field didn't really phase me as much anymore. Um, you know, COVID slowing down my growth didn't phase me. I just took it as an opportunity. I uh, just started doing all the right things and yeah, made a huge difference. 
I love that quote. Brandy Park sat me down at one point and, and was like, Nick, do you want to know the trick to this business? And I was like, yeah, duh. Like, of course, give me the trick. And um, the, the, what she said, like totally changed my outlook on how, how everything else played out for me. Um, you should be someone worth following yeah. is what she said. I mean, meaning you have to earn the fact that people follow you. Um, do you feel like you're translating a lot of what you're doing for your daughter into your office? Because you guys have seen some pretty explosive growth too. Yeah, like absolutely. we're I, neck and neck right now, you, you and uh, Charlotte, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, basically, since Cordella gave me that advice, I've basically just been implementing that everywhere. Uh, so basically just keeping my daughter like in the forefront of like all the decisions that I make. Uh, it just basically makes you make all the right moves, even though I'm not just talking about like, OK, so we're going to do private school, public school, what kind of daycare, yada, yada. Uh, not really just that stuff, but also, um, you know, like what kind of like what kind of guy would I want her to end up with? Like what kind of business decisions would he make if he was running a company? You know, what kind of example do I want to set um, so that like when she sees what I've done with my company and like how I, you know, treat my employees, how I, um, you know, handle good situations and bad situations, um, just really just keeping in mind that like she's watching me at all times, even though she isn't, but she is, you know. Absolutely. Um, we're going to spin off to a fun question. Jeff, thanks, man. How many times do you have to explain to people that Buck is your like your actual name, but it's your last name? It's just what you go by. A lot, does that happen? A lot of times, <laughs> mainly because when I'm in the field and I run through the pitch, I introduce myself as Buck. But then whenever I'm you know filling out paperwork and I'm calling in orders, which you know is you know often, uh, they uh, uh, the customer always sees uh, my first name on there, and they're like, "Oh, wait, what?" they usually get confused. And then, yeah, most of the new starts in our company only hear me as Buck. And then whenever somebody says my actual first name, they're like, yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Um, I don't know who you're talking about right now. <laughs> who the hell is this Tyler guy? Yep. Um, oh, yeah. See, we have a leader in our office that just learned what my first name was Tyler right there. <laughs> just happened in front of our eyes. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, Obviously, going through the field, you learn a lot. You've been on a couple of campaigns. We've got, I think, four campaigns represented on the call right now. Um, not product specific. I mean, it doesn't matter what campaign or product we're running. What, what's like your mentality going into the field? Um, honestly, my mentality going into the field is now, like as an owner, it's really an appreciation for getting to go to the field, which I know is kind of cheesy and a lot of owners will tell you to do that, but it's it's legitimate. I have a severe case of ADD and ADHD. So this whole like being in the office, like administrative stuff is for the birds. I'm not about it. If I have to sit and stare at a computer screen, I'm going nuts, pulling my hair out and I'm just finding any excuse to get the hell out of the office. So now being on that side of it, uh, I want to get out to the field and I want to go have fun and I want to like, you know, talk to people and I want to use the tools that I have. Um, but whenever I was a rep in the field, all I wanted was just like, man, I can't wait till I'm an owner that I can just sit in the office all day and make a lot of money and I don't have to do stuff. And then, yeah, no, as soon as I got that opportunity, I was like, nope, this sucks. I got to get out of here. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. Pierre's got a riddle for you. Let's see how sharp you are this morning. What grows when it eats and dies when it drinks? What grows when it eats and dies when it drinks? Yeah, I'm be honest, I don't know. Fire, I think is the answer, right, Pierre? Oh, okay. 
Correct. Good job, Nick. So how does Come on, bug man. How does a fire? No, you put water. Water on it. evaporates. It don't ingest it. Oh, what? All right, you got a bug, man. We got a yeah. Thanks, Pierre. I appreciate it. I dumped Bunch water on my head and it evaporated off of me. I'm not calling that drinking. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> um, serious question though. What would you say are the top three qualities? PJ, great question. What are the top three qualities a leader should exhibit to take themselves to the next level? Oh, okay. Love the use of the word exhibit. Shout out to my favorite old MTV show, Pimp My Ride. Um, <laughs> top three qualities a leader should exhibit to go to the next level. Um, honestly, I think what you touched on is like being somebody willing to follow is, uh, you know, um, trait number one. They basically have to be the leader that they want to become, right? Like they have to have the mindset of like, I'm going to grow into this next step. So that's the first quality is just like wanting to grow, like envisioning that growth in themselves. Um, second one is basically like putting them team, putting their team before themselves. Uh, obviously not to a point where it like hinders them, but like, I mean, in this business, this is very much a business of you have to help other people hit their goals and, you know, uh, get where they're going before you reap any of the rewards for that. Um, so that's step number two. And then number three, um, is honestly just having like a, having a firm grasp on like whatever your why is like knowing the definition of your why and like what your hunger is. If you're somebody, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the drive to want to implement it, it's not going to do you any good. But I've seen a lot of people who have come into this business um, like for example, Colton, who's currently partner of my office, who's, uh, we're expanding out soon. Um, he, uh, he came into the business with zero of the natural skill set that most people assume a salesperson would have. He, uh, his job, he actually has a degree in molecular biology and he wanted nothing more than to just sit in a lab by himself all day and not have to talk to people. Um, so whenever he came into our business, he was very socially awkward, uh, did not really like talking to people, had no confidence. Um, and yeah, he was just like a shaking little leaf. Uh, and, but he just had the drive, like he knew what he was fighting for and he knew why he wanted to, uh, you know, hit all these different goals that he had. Um, and because of that, he pulled the full 180 and he's developed himself into a leader that's probably about to expand out soon and end up high rolling my office, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that third trait, uh, long story short, uh, having, a, having a firm grasp on your, there he is, <laughs> having a firm grasp on your why. As you say, I think he wants to add something in. Go ahead. Hurtful, but okay. I kind of liked it. <laughs> no. All righty. Silence speaks volumes. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. I said, it was, a, was that an accurate explanation or no? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favorite part about our business is the amount of growth that you go through at all stages. I mean, I can, like that's that feeling you guys get. If you look back to your first week, like you are a completely different person now than you were your first week. And if it's your first week, guess what? Next week, you're going to look back and be like, damn, who is this guy in the mirror, gal in the mirror? Right. That's my favorite feeling. And it doesn't stop. You get into management or ownership. Guess what? You still have stuff to develop on. And you, every day you wake up and it's either you made progress or you slipped a little bit, but you can figure out a way to continue to move forward. And that's my favorite thing. Um, Buck, if you just fun fact, by the way, you, you're, you opened your office um, or you were incorporated on Kirthi's birthday. So a little shout out to her. 
But yeah. uh, if you could go back in time uh, and give yourself one piece of advice when you're just starting out, what would you say to yourself? Oh man, so when I was just starting out, uh, honestly, the biggest piece of advice I give myself um, would to be like, um, how do I say it? Basically, just to like to just stop being um, stop being the guy that like didn't want to do stuff. Basically, stop being lazy. Just like buy into it already. Like this is gonna take you places. Um, I get that like you don't want to you know go the extra mile right now, but just stop being a lazy schmuck. Um, just put the effort in. If you think that it's too much effort, great, double that, and then that's probably where you should be. Uh, yeah, that'd be my advice to old school buck. Old school buck. New school buck has got it figured out. Uh, well, he's still learning. Yeah, always. Uh, what were you like as a kid? Oh man, I was a turd. I was the worst. As a kid, I was the biggest troublemaker. I would literally do anything just to get a laugh out of either the people around me or just to make myself laugh. Uh, if, I, if I thought it was funny, then I was doing it, regardless of who was at the expense of it, which caused me plenty of trips to the principal's office and plenty of trips my mom had to come up to school. Um, yeah, no, I was a honorary little turd. And I'm sure that's a complete shock to a lot of you. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm just picturing you in a smaller body. Yeah, like, no, actually, 100%. <laughs> just like a little less of a beard, and that's really the only difference. I'm, I was still picturing the beard, but oh, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> so we've, uh, we've got an age-old question. We'll, we'll end on a little bit of a funny note, and then I want to I want to get, I'll, I'll give you some time to think about this. I'm going to ask you for your favorite quote. Um, but before we jump into that, if you could be any kitchen utensil in the world, mm. what, kids, what kitchen utensil would you be and why? Huh, okay. So since, so since I can never really just like pick like one thing, like I can, I can never make just like one decision on something. Um, like to give you an example, like my, like my favorite thing in the world is that KFC bowl where it has all of the different things that KFC has like in one bowl, you know, like I, my food always ends up like that. And so if I had to pick one kitchen utensil, I would be like that wine bottle opener. That's also like, uh, uh, like a bottle opener that also has like a little like blade thing on the side, just like one of those, like all in one tools. That's yeah, they know the words, not me. Uh, yeah, any one of those multi purpose tools that'd be me. I just want to be able to like do as many jobs as possible and not have to be like defined to just like, nah, you're a soup ladle, bro. I don't want that. <laughs> don't be a soup ladle. I love it. We've got a couple minutes left. What's your favorite quote that, that stuck with you through time and why? Um, so my favorite quote that stuck with me through time. Um, I forgot where I heard it first, but I've heard it in several different conferences. Um, but basically the quote that is, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's my favorite quote. I don't know who said it to me first, but every owner that I've talked to has said it at some point. Um, but yeah, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care is so true. Because um, in this business, you basically have to be uh, you have to exemplify those those characteristics that uh, I mentioned earlier, mainly that second one of putting other people before yourself. If you have a trainee with you in the field and you have to let them know that you care about their growth and you care about their goals and their why, once you once you show that, 
then they'll actually care about what you have to say. And then they'll actually start soaking in the knowledge you're trying to pour on their fire. Um, you know, then you can call back. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my favorite quote because you have to care about the people around you in order for them to want to follow you. The for, foreign concept often until we figure that out. And then it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. Yep. And, and then it starts working for customers. Yes. Our whole office is dying to know what you've done down there to become so successful lately. We see you at the top of the rankings all the time now, but we didn't see you for a long time. So what's going on down there? We uh, definitely got the right crew going. So all that credit goes to my guys. They're working their ass off. Um, and to be honest, we, we got tired of looking at you guys doing well. So kudos to all you guys up there. Um, you know, you guys have been our target for a while and we're finally taking some swings at you guys at the right level. So keep pushing. You guys are kicking some ass. We're excited for you guys, Buck. I'm honored to be uh, working with you on the campaign. So are all the other owners. We're excited for you, you and you guys in Veracity. Um, it, it's going to be a cool ride over the next few years to watch all of you guys hit some pretty big milestones. So, um, we're out of time though, Buck, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You guys know the drill. The mug is empty. We got to sign off. I'll see you guys later. Kick some Thanks, ass today. Buck. Have some fun. Thanks, Buck. Toodles. Thanks, Buck. Appreciate it.